Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Tenebrae, as I mentioned at the beginning of the service, means of darkness. And this Vesper service, from beginning to end, is meant to signify and remind us of the darkness that covered the land during our Lord's crucifixion. For three hours, from noon to 3 p.m., as Jesus hung upon the cross, there was darkness over the entire land. And yet, nearly ten years of doing this service, we've never had a sermon devoted to the theme of darkness and all that it signifies and all that it can teach us, both about our sin and about our Savior's death. So tonight, let's consider what the darkness means for us as we have this service of darkness. First, the Son and all creation are showing sympathy the Lord of all creations died for the sins of the world. This is something we hear about in Romans in regards to the world groaning and suffering under the weight of our sin. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. The creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also be delivered from the bondage of corruption to the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs until now. Even more so, we can say that the sun was struck with dread and put on, as it were, a black mourning garment for having to give light for godless men to crucify and stretch out their hands and their tongues against Christ. Even as the prophet Jeremiah dared to say, the heavens themselves were scandalized and terrified and violently shaken because of the idolatry of God's people. How much more are we able to say the very heavens themselves were appalled and darkened over the fact that Jews had crucified the Lord of glory? Now this supernatural darkness is even reported by pagan historians, one of which said with far more insight than he possibly could have known, that since he could not find any natural cause for this darkness, that it must mean that either the Lord of nature was dying or the whole world was perishing. Now why would he think that? Because an eclipse of the sun normally happens at a new moon. And yet the Passover happens at a full moon. The darkness over the earth as our Lord was crucified was clearly no natural darkness. Signs in the sun and moon indeed. Creation was mourning as its Lord was crucified. This darkness also is prophesied in Jeremiah. When Jeremiah says the sun would be plundered at noonday. Now the sun in the passage can as well mean, or be understood to mean, the joy and well-being of the people. Jeremiah tells us that we robbed of this or be taken from them when they least expect it. However, it's also certainly correct to interpret it literally here. To mean that at the brightest noontime the sun would be darkened as we have the crucifixion. And quite, quite important with this connection is, of course, the thick darkness that we have in Exodus 10. Three entire days of thick darkness. A darkness so thick it could actually be felt. And throughout all of Egypt, when God wanted to rescue his people from slavery. And so, too, because God, the Lord, now intended to rescue all his people from their hellish slavery to sin, death, and the devil by the death of Christ, there was darkness throughout the land for three solid hours. If you remember, right after the plague of darkness, there was the plague of the death of the firstborn. And if the Israelites did not put the blood of the Passover lamb on their doorposts of their homes, 
Their firstborns would be killed just like the Egyptian firstborns. On the cross, however, God offers up his son, his only beloved son, so that his blood could rescue you from your sin, from death, and even from the wrath of God. Also, the darkness signified that Christ, the Son of Righteousness, S-U-N here, the light of the world, is in the valley of the deep darkness of death. I mean, have you considered how incredible this really is? The Son of Righteousness is hanging on the cross in utter darkness. The light of the world is being snuffed out by the hands of sinful men. Christ is walking through the valley of the deep darkness of death, suffering the death and darkness and punishment that you deserve. The light and life of the world is put to death, crucified for you and for your salvation. However, just as after three days, the sun, after three hours, the sun finally came out again to bring forth its light upon the land, so too Christ, the Son of Righteousness, after three days, came once again forth in the darkness of the grave and walked in the light of heavenly brightness. He conquered the darkness, and in fact, he would never see the darkness ever again. Which brings us to the next point. The darkness is also a picture of Christ crushing Satan's heads. Now this one involves even a little more astro astronomy than the first one, so stick with me. Creation, though, as we've seen, teaches. When the sun was darkened at zenith that day, it was, in the language of the astronomers, not far from what is known as the head of the dragon. And this is a picture for us that Christ, while he was dying his death, crushed the head of the hellish snake, the old dragon, our wicked foe, the devil. And of course, fulfills the first promise ever given to mankind about Christ. Genesis 3, I'll put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Our Lord felt the fangs of the devil on the cross. And the devil even thought he had defeated Christ. But it is in our Savior's death that he crushes the wicked serpent under his feet. Guaranteeing for all those who believe in him that they would be freed from the slavery of this serpent and from his dark domain. The darkness also showed that all those who reject Christ will indeed dwell in darkness. Jesus said, and this is the condemnation. The light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to light, as his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to light, and his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. The Bible is quite clear, if you reject Christ, who is the true and only light of the world, then you will remain in the darkness of your sins. There is no other option. But our sinful flesh hates the light of Christ and wants to remain in the darkness where we can hide our sin, where we can hide our wickedness. We do not want our deeds exposed before that light. It's only when we are in Christ and have been exposed to his light that we can see our sin for what it truly is, have that sin forgiven, and be cleansed. And when this happens and we are covered with the righteousness of Christ and our good works, even though they are so imperfect, even though they are so tainted with sin, they can be brought to the light because they were done in faith, and it can be clearly seen that they were indeed done in God. 
so too we see that darkness signifies God's wrath. Throughout the Bible, God's blessing is signified by the light of his face, the light of his countenance shining down upon us. So every Sunday you hear these words, the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In fact, the sun then became so frightening darkened, indicates that at that time, God looked with wrath upon his son, since the sins of the entire world were laid upon him, including each and every one of your sins. And this wrathful viewing of Christ lasted for three whole hours. God viewed the Lord Christ as being darkened by our sins. Even as the time of divine punishment is described as a time of darkness, indeed a day of darkness and gloom. In Amos 8, God's wrath is described in this way. And it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord God, that I will make the sun go down at noon. I will darken the earth in broad daylight. Christ understood all this very well. That's why he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, and am not silent. In ways that our finite minds cannot even begin to fully grasp, the Son of God suffers the wrath of his Father against all of your sins. He suffers the heat of God's wrath and hell upon the cross for you, so you would be rescued from the, hell, the flames of hell and God's wrath for all eternity. Finally, darkness also signifies eternal damnation. Remember Matthew 22 in our Lord's parable, the king commands that the servants who had no wedding garments, that is, who are not covered in the robe of Christ's righteousness, they should be cast into the outer darkness, that is, into hell. And in fact, darkness is used throughout the Bible as a picture for hell. To be in darkness is to be on the way to hell, and to be cast out into the outer darkness is to be cast into hell itself. Whereas, on the other hand, eternal life is called the inheritance of the saints in light. That the sun was darkened signifies that the agony and darkness of hell fell upon the Lord Christ for the sake of our sins, that we might be brought to the eternal light. We all together deserve to be cast into the outer darkness, to eternal darkness forever. But when Christ stepped into our place, he allowed the darkness and the agony of hell to come over him, so that we might be freed from it, so that we might be brought into the light. The darkness of the service reminds us of the darkness upon the earth when Christ was crucified. And the darkness teaches us about our sin and about our Savior. Most importantly, though, we've seen that Christ our Lord has conquered the darkness. The darkness gives way to light. Death gives way to life. Christ is risen. You were once in darkness, but now you are saints in the lights. We sang it throughout the entire season of Advent. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, the light that no darkness can overcome. This is true now and for all eternity. Amen. The peace of God passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.